Welcome to another episode of A Pint with Shawnee B. This is a weird one. I'm actually in a spa. Yes. We have to be very quiet because there's lots of people getting treatment around us. Uh, I've got the two of us here probably need treatment of a different sort. <laughs> I'm quite hungover today. Um, I'm hungover as well, slightly. Mm, yeah, I got in yesterday to London. We're in Nobu, mm. the hotel, not the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I shudder to think what the treatment rooms would be like in the restaurant. <laughs> um, it's very quiet down here and I have a very interesting guest who's also from Dublin. Clontarf. Mm-hmm. Um, from Clontarf. Um, her name is Amber Jean Rowan. Actually, is your name Amber Jean Rowan or Amber Jean Rowan or Amber Jean Rowan? <laughs> so my nana is Jean. So it's right. my little name Jean, but my agency thought it's a little bit, little bit more sprawncy to call me Amber Jean. So on work, it's Amber Jean, but I life, it's Amber. Yeah, it's kind of American. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's like my mum lied and yeah, Shannon. <laughs> my mum lied and said it was because of Norma Jean Marlon Monroe. She yeah. said, so then. She mentioned the word agency there, folks. Uh, that's because she is a model. She's an actress and she has been very successful in those two careers. She's appeared on a TV series called Guilt. Those of you who may be fans of that show, mm-hmm. may know her from. She was also, uh, I think we found on the Irish model. Yeah, press. pretty much. I kind of had done some commercials up to that point and was very much acting. And then Ellis somehow found me through through my still agent in Ireland, Morgan. They kind of just saw my face and they said, saw something interesting. And then through that, it was kind of the step into the professional world of modelling, I suppose. So, yeah. So something happened that. to her, which we're going to come to. I'm going to keep that as a little surprise because that's kind of what the main focus of her life is on. I wanted to first ask you some questions about being a muggle. Yes. And how, how does someone go about being a model today? Has it changed? Oh, being or do you still have to walk down the street and go, I need that girl. Does it ever happen? <laughs> I think the model model scouts is still very much a thing. They are obviously that every model agency has like ten model scouts. They go around. They go to festivals. They go to. They're just creeping there with the creepy, creepy. They wear sunglasses and then you just find them just like staring at you. Yeah, Yeah, staring at you coming up. Then ask to take your picture. And if you're underage, which probably a lot of girls are, you need to you need to get like sign a consent form. It's whole big palava. So modeling scouts is still very much a thing. And what makes a modeling scout? Good, I mean, I know a good eye for beauty scared. but that's yeah. the thing like yeah. beauty to one person is different to another person so yeah. I guess like, they have this like home vision girls who are tall yeah. thin and a bit wonky sometimes a bit kind of odd looking yeah. they love, yeah. they love a you're bit. not wonky <laughs> I'm slightly wonky <laughs> definitely in the mornings anyway <laughs> definitely this morning and then now Instagram is a massive thing so oh, gr- girls can create their own kind of image or they're kind of if they have a trendy Instagram perhaps yeah. and they kind of can take good pictures of themselves and agencies will find Instagram them. is there's all these girls who are just like that flouncing you know, yeah. with, their, with their bikini on <laughs> and then the kind of the commentary has nothing to do with that it's oh, kind no. of like find yourself be your best self and save the seal and then a picture of a woman pouting <laughs> with her tits hanging out yeah it's quite it's quite hectic yeah, yeah. or else it, yeah or else yeah really spiritual with their with their breasts just right next yeah, to it yeah, or, look at bloody cells yeah, done, they're making millions <laughs> I had a funny story I met uh, I was in um Capri in Italy. Oh, very um, nice. Very You know, you come up, have you been there? No, no. I so you, you, there's, a, there's this sort of area, the, the boat, it's on a hill. And yeah. There's this vernicular, you know, and there's mm. like, jigga, 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 and there's this lovely square, and we, I was there about, I don't know, 15 years ago, and yeah. there's a lovely square sitting there. Yeah. And the next thing, there's this huge commotion, and around the corner comes Naomi Campbell. Oh, fantastic. With a huge hat. An entourage? Uh, and an entourage of pilot fish around her, all <laughs> fussing over her. And she was carrying some 
bags. And the Shopping. presence of her, yeah. Yeah. And and, and little small men <laughs> fussing over her. And, and and she was swatting them away, you know. Yeah, yeah. With huge glasses. And oh, just I love this it. presence. She's right? such and a legs diva. that goes on for ages. Yeah, yeah. And so we just sort of finished and started following her. Down Did to, you? To the five star. We're having hotel. a boring day in Capri. No, but just Sean. to see the the, the presence. Yeah. You know, she just had this. And the fact that the fast and the importance yeah. that people, they're terrified of her. I know. Or that kind of fame. The way, like, I guess there's other things now that we look at within fame. People just become a bit mad yeah. around famous people sometimes. They actually Are you glad you didn't hit that dizzy height or would you like to? And I would hate to be famous. Yeah. I would hate, I think, to be recognised for your work is a different thing. But to be famous, I think it's absolutely terrifying. And mm. I think me and my girlfriends, we speak about it recently, having a trying to have a family within that environment which I would like to do one day have a family and yeah. having a family and being able having to deal with that is just an, such an added stress in your life and from an anxious mm. person that as an added yeah would not be for me at all at all so at your all. background is I'm guessing sort of just looking at you, 80s mm. Dublin, was it? Is that where you were born? 90s Dublin, there you go. 92, oh, 26. I was 60s Dublin, would you believe? Oh, fantastic. Well. I was, yeah, <laughs> was four decades <laughs> spanning this. Um, I was gone out of Dublin in the mid 90s. What was it? What was like? the first place you went to? Where was uh, it? Singapore, 96. I still haven't been to Singapore here. It's very, yeah. I'd say it's it is very different now. It was very good to me. It's a nice introduction to Asia for everyone to nice. Asia. Yeah. I ended up living there in China. Up, I loved up. China. I went there with my family a few years ago. We travelled around, around. Um, all around, and Beijing, Xi'an, where the terrible yeah, warriors yeah. are. We did the whole kind. Of, oh, stunning! And they they've kept a lot of them buried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The paint falls off as soon as they uncover them. That I think that's one of my favourite things I've ever seen. I'd love to go back and see yeah. it again. It's mad though. Like, what a crazy guy. Yeah, it was a bit hectic. Though. I lived in Guangzhou, which I wouldn't recommend, which is Guangzhou. the big city beside Hong Kong. Mm. Um, I haven't been to Hong Kong. Yeah. Well, Hong Kong and Singapore, the Rolling Stones and Beatles of Asia, so you, you tend to like one or the other. I prefer Singapore. Oh, where's my my uncle lives in Macau. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, he um, runs a casino there, so he's always asking me to come there. out. Yeah. You should come out. I know. Uh, there's a good motor race on there during the August, I think. So what? So what was it like growing mm. up? What was your memories of growing up in Dublin? Um, I went to Celtic school. Celtic Tiger. We did, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in town. Ta- I grew up in Clontarf by the sea. Um, went to school in town. So a lot of my memories of kind of growing up, I suppose, was from being Loretta's Stevens Green Park. We spent a lot of mornings and a lot of evenings just hanging out, yeah. getting up to a crack. I'm so sure. much crack, yeah. yeah. I had one brother, one sister. I'm the youngest, so yeah. I had always had a good kind of group of good group of friends didn't really have that many friends around Clontarf growing up so I was never kind of the kid kind of mm. hanging around shop corners which I always kind of wanted to be I, I kind of didn't have that many friends around my area so oh, were you bright much. in school? seemed to be bright <laughs> did the bare minimum I just never I like not even the bare minimum I, I think because I was always working through school oh, were you? I was always like the working girl who was kind of you know, working and oh, traveling. So tell me how else. you were discovered then. What so the mother age came along. I think I was fifteen, no sixteen. I was sixteen at the time. So kind of up to that point, anyway, school was never really the priority. I think I was just obsessed with acting, and that was just. I always said to my parents from a very young age that that's what I wanted to do. Mm. Yeah, sixteen years old, got scattered. Model agent came along, and that was a mad experience. So that was. I think that filmed really the guts of a year. I think we got to go to New York. So this was a reality TV show. Yeah, reality Did you TV apply show. to go on that? No, no, no. no. They found me. Right. They found me. 
um, the Marvel um, scout Alice found me. And yeah. what sort of things were they doing? I mean, I didn't see the shows. So it was nice. So it was actually quite nice. So you have like, the America sex models where the girls live in the house and it's really yeah. bitchy and it's really catty. Yeah. They tried to make a more documentary style, like 12 girls, 12 Irish girls, the opportunity to get representation. So there was there was a few tasks that we had to do, like a fashion challenge and you know, photo shoot challenge. But for mm. the most part, it was kind of more like they wanted to give the people insight into models and how they kind of, what things they have to do to present themselves within the industry. So it's mm-hmm. actually not as cringe as your average uh, America's Next Top Model. Yeah. Um, so I came second, runner-up. How did the girl who won do? Great, Carrie-Anne, so yeah. great, she's amazing, she was pregnant, so they okay. had one pregnant girl and one girl with alopecia in the right. final, it was oh, great, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, <laughs> it was great, um, great TV, so the pregnant, beautiful Carrie-Anne won, yeah. and she's still working as a successful model now, she's right. fantastic, she's, yeah, killing the game. And still. did it take off for you then as well? I worked internationally for a good, like, four years, so right. I kind of... I was still in school, so it was kind of on my summer, summer break, and the Easter break, I go to London, work, cast, and then travel. I did a bit of traveling with modeling. Work. And were you catwalk? No, never. I was always right. too short and too uh, fat. And you're tall. You're 5'8". <laughs> I'm 5'8". And eight. that's too short. And that's too short, wow. yeah. And I think, I think when you you're see... You're taller than most men. <laughs> <laughs> when you see runway girls, they're like a different breed. They're so like these they Amazonian... So they 6'1 or 6'? It's like five, So you're talking like... Five nine and a half up to five eleven, but right. then when you're five twelve, it's too tall. So it's like there's that kind of uh, balance. Uh, so um, yeah, it was an interesting world. And then at the kind of age of twenty, I was kind of getting a bit itchy feet, um, and I kind of was really missing acting. And because I was trying to act whilst I was doing it, but it was quite all encompassing modeling. When your head's in, your head yeah. kind of has to be on in it for you to kind of make. But you're making a lot of money. I'm, yeah, for a, for a young girl, Did you're you making quite a bit of money. Did you like, kind of, almost for life? Not you know, quite. I don't, not quite. I don't right. know what I do with all that money, to be fair, <laughs> I don't know. But it was, like, a good four years of making money that I would never have, have been making back in Dublin. Um, yeah. So that was, was quite, I felt quite a nice bit of independence there. It was quite lovely. And then, obviously, living in London on my own, mm. on my, I had, I was staying with a host family. But I was still living in London on my own at a very yeah. young age, which yeah. was interesting yeah. I guess I don't know if I'd let my daughter do it but did you go to some mischief not I could have gotten up to a lot more mischief I think I kind of had my wits about me and that's the thing when I you know I remember being in clubs and I was 17 but I was the girls mm. next to me were 15 mm. and some even 14 kind of traipsing around the place and I'm like Jesus that is young and there's drink drugs and there's, around there's, around. I was, and that was one thing I actually was never offered drugs until obviously I got into my 20s but when 17, 18, 19. I actually wasn't until mm. um, I got a bit older. But they were, I'm sure they were around. I just wasn't looking enough to get them. And you still kind of officially in school in Dublin? At the time, yeah. For... Yeah, I was. So all your classmates must be really jealous of you, really. Did Again, you go away there for three weeks or four weeks yeah. or a month and come back? But I just, <laughs> hello, I've just come back from Mexico. Um, I think I had, again, I had my like five really good gal pals and I didn't really kind of break out from that. So they were my core group and mm. I, they were always very supportive. So I kind of just... So up. that's an insight into, into how to become a model, folks. The, <laughs> the, the, the layer we're going to um, put over this is something that was briefly referenced to anyone who was listening carefully. <laughs> and I guess you were about 16... Yeah. When, what happened? 
So 16 in school, I used to always get highlights. As a blonde, obviously in Dublin was like the thing. If you mm. weren't blonde, you weren't really pretty, especially mm. in my in my year in school. So anyway, I used to pack my hair full of highlights all the time. Mm. Got my recent set of very sprawncy highlights. Went into school, uh, my friend found a tiny little um, pat to the back of my head, like like a coin size patch, I'd say. Right. And it was smooth as anything. And it was on the back, so I couldn't see it. And she was like, oh, but you have this tiny patch to the back of your head. And... I was like, what? And she put my hand on it and I felt it. And I was like, Jesus, that is absolutely bizarre. Went home, told my family. We were all very confused. Went to the doctors. They said it was alopecia. And the doctor was like, look, chill out. It's fine. Mm. Happens to young girls all the time. It's a hormone thing. It's a stress thing. It's an anxiety thing. It's maybe an all-encompassing thing, but you'll be fine. Here's a bit of steroid cream and go home and just make sure you don't stress yourself out. And were you stressed? Were you modelling at this stage? I was modelling at... No, uh, no. No, I kind of was in that kind of weird period of no, I wasn't modelling. Okay. I was kind of just in school acting lots. So I was doing musical okay. theatre at the time. Right. So in a sense, I was like physically exerting myself very much every single day. Mm. But when I look back now, yes, I've always been an anxious person. So I think there's a lot of internal anxiety that I had to address and I'm mm. addressing now. But back then, I think Did it was you just... you have like depression or eating no, things never, like that? No, never. Never. I was always a really happy and healthy young girl. I hate... But then in saying that, during this whole time when my hair started falling out, I was very, very, very thin because I was dancing every, every yeah. single night. I'd be but missing, you weren't sicking up your food? No, never. Like I was just, I'd, I'd miss meals because I'd be running to dance class yeah, or whatever yeah. else. So I was just very, very thin. Was there a lot of pressure? I mean, with, with due respect to your family, but yeah. in a family society, you know, was yeah. there a lot of middle class? Because I mean, I, I yeah. come from the opposite side of the city, but yeah. still the same middle class thing where it's yeah. like, you're kind of expected to do, mm. to do X, Y, and Z for mm. the, good of the family or mm. you know whatever did you feel mm. that or any kind of pressure that not not to go down the modeling and acting route to well, go to college or, and stuff you know do that and make sure you get top marks in school oh, and yeah, get fine. up early in the morning and you know all that <clears> so stuff. i think my mum was very much um she came from a working class family so does my dad so education for them was like the be all and end yeah. all and that university the fact that we we were able to go and i was choosing not to go was i think it was quite challenging yeah. for them but during school i think my mom kind of saw that I was talented at acting so she kind of wasn't as pushy mm. with the schoolwork. She said as long as I passed I wasn't failing mm. that that was the kind of I was allowed Fair enough, yeah. you know what I mean? So even Just my leave the acting crashes and burns you know, exactly. have I can hear the conversation yeah, exactly. in the Irish kitchen. But now. my mum says it's still now even you know you need something to fall back on. So mm. I've, I've always kind of, even the past kind of 10 years, I've always try and do short courses or keep my mind active with other things other than just acting and modeling because that can make you a bit brain dead. Um, so that was very much, education was really important in my in my household. But in saying that they were extremely supportive and at the time when I first started going to London, like financially supportive, I wouldn't, and that's one thing that's very important. You Acting and modeling for the most part, if you don't have that financial stability of help at the very beginning, it's very difficult to like do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah. So I was very blessed that I had that little bit of um, a handout at the, mm. at the start. So before all of the modeling started, your hair mm. started falling Oh yeah. Out. And how quickly did it fall out? Yeah, so first patch back of the head. By the, I think, eight months, I think, uh, a, massive, a massive patch at the top started. Then it got to a point where I couldn't cover it anymore. So I got a weave. So you know, you weave your all your hair through. And then whilst I weaved all the hair through this like hard net and then added hair on top it yeah. was so hard and my hair pulled everything out mm. so that was kind of within a year then I was completely bald I'd say wow. uh, so tell me what head. it was like going through that you know what it was oh, it all happened at stages each stage was very tricky 
obviously at that age you're kind of starting being interested in boys so you know mm. if I was going out and about and I had my hat on and the guys would try and take off my hat the kind of that seeping anxiety and the fear of oh god they're going to know and then the elephant in the room walking into rooms and there being this kind of weird energy of people kind of knowing something's wrong with your hair but not really knowing mm. then the treatment worry that men might not find you attractive yeah of course and finding stuff, yeah. weird and all that kind of stuff that every teenage Which girl kind goes of, there's through there's not a lovely there's an irony here just to the modelling and this yeah mm. you know like, yeah. there's lots of people I'm sure who are ugly yeah. it happens to you know and you yeah. have this interesting dichotomy in your life where you yeah. have this beauty and you have this kind of thing happening to but, you but but then that's the thing is you, you pride yourself on being you know having mm. a nice face and yeah, then yeah. what's then that goes it's like oh god what what else would i do mm. next there's that whole side of it as well which is interesting so it was challenging and then i'm an absolute master at blocking things and pushing them down so it was mm. very much a case of getting stuck into my acting, getting stuck into something that I that was like my escape. I was just like, right, in my hair loss and my alopecia, my hats, my scarves, they don't really care about that in acting class on a Saturday, so I'm no. not going to hang around as much with my pals anymore or go out as much yeah. and really just delve into this. But again, with this core group of girlfriends that I had, I felt safe within them, but mm. there was definitely occasions where I felt unsafe or going to Wes and where's the where's disco the, yeah. you know and it starts raining and I have all this spray in my head and I'm worried that it's going to start <laughs> coming off and there was like massive instance throughout mm. that time where it's just fucking shit and um, I mean would, it, would you cry over it was it does this, no I know the weird thing was I can't remember uh, my mum was always very much in shock she was like one day I'm just going to wake up and realise she has no hair and that still really hasn't happened I think over the past 10 years I take little bits and then digest it maybe, I don't know, every year or something, yeah. I, I try and deal with deal with it any way I can. And I mm. think I'm pretty much at the point where I'm at true acceptance with my alopecia. But I feel like the journey of you and accepting the true you is a is a ever, ever long thing. But I'm definitely the best I've ever been in my life to date with accepting me for me, I suppose. Yeah. Amber Jean is sitting here with full head of hair, which mm. I'm assuming is a wig. Yes. But uh, I've seen, there are pictures of her on instagram which mm. is called hair free life yes hair free life which yeah. is a, a organization brand that she set up to try and raise awareness mm. and create a community for yeah. people to talk to each other and support each other who have mm. is you have uh, alopecia arietta is that did i say that right yeah so i it started off as that and mm. then it gradually um turned into alopecia universal it's called so i have hair like no, no hair on my head no yeah. eyelashes no eyebrows bit of toe hair which is fantastic bit of some, toe hair yeah toe hair and a, so bit of, a bit of armpit hair yeah really? so yeah r- random all the places that everyone you... else doesn't want to <laughs> <I> have it <laughs> it's really irritating it's very Irish yeah. um, toe hair toe hair <laughs> and I, I'm starting to get ear hair oh great which Good is sign. really like hitting 50 and getting ear hair <laughs> So not ahead of it's you it's all kicking off yeah exactly it's not <laughs> ahead like of me horrible ear hair <laughs> yeah so hair free yeah came about the past um year I kind of wanted to just create something that didn't exist mm. I wanted to create something that was that the 15 year old me would have bloody killed for yeah. just a place where you can go on chat to someone me mm. as someone who has 10 years of experience with alopecia yeah. somewhere you can watch tutorials of how to do your eyebrows how to do your eyelashes and meet other women share your stories and also um, what I'm even finding now which is quite interesting you know I have women chatting about their experiences and it really is in light of like 
lighting a match of some emotions that I completely forgot that I felt at the time, and it's really kind of re-evoking some emotions and good or feelings. Bad. Yeah, good, mm. kind of good. I mean, it's absolutely just for those. I mean, we're an audio show, but mm. sitting here talking opposite her, there's no inkling that yeah. you have this. In fact, yeah. you're still extremely beautiful. And there's also this, you know, when I've seen pictures of you mm. without your wig, mm. there's this exotic mm. look, mm. right? So that mm. if you think about uh, people like um, Grace Jones yeah. or, or Ex Machina, or yeah. there's this kind oh, of, yes. there's a very futuristic, slightly robotic, yeah. yes, but it's yes. very, it's a very... Just distinctive, distinctive look, look yeah. isn't it? Um, and I get, I think any and pic- beautiful, you know, also beautiful, like not mm. repelling in any yeah. way. Yeah, I guess it's just I think with beauty or with a, um, an image or it's just what you're presenting or the emotion that you're portraying or how that shot set up or what you're emoting in that moment. If you're feeling confident, and you're feeling beautiful, that will come across on camera or that mm. will feel the person looking at that picture will hopefully get the energy from that picture that 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 woman at that moment yeah. felt something and then you can feel it as well you don't feel comfortable going out though no like it's that. still okay. this thing so I did um, The Late Late Show which we mm, spoke about that, Irish yeah. TV show I was so nervous about that because in my mind in a workspace mm. so I would probably take my hair off now with, for you now yeah. because we're, for me in my head and my we're in, a, we're in a work environment yeah. so within a work environment I'm now totally comfortable so that being on a shoot that being on a film set, that being on a TV show, even though that was a bit kind of hybrid, so that's mm-hmm. why it was quite mm. difficult. But it's almost kind of like I'm slightly, I am being truly myself, but yeah. there's a slight, there's a slight shield still because it's not my intimate life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm still going into work that day. So much as, you know, you, you go onto a set, you're being very much, you're playing a part, but there's also very much a big element of you. There's still, still not truly, truly you. So like going out in the streets, that's my intimate life and it just makes that slightly bit easier to have my hairpiece on less questions less stares but in saying that I, I do want to get to a point where I don't but I don't think that's true acceptance of my alopecia the fact that I still don't feel uncomfortable it's just I've been wearing hairpiece for 10 years so not wearing them is just a very different having the feeling. wig on doesn't draw attention to you the yeah, way correct. going out like this would yeah and then but then as a creative person you have such range then yeah of that's look. true you know, yeah. more than anybody. Because yeah. like not only can you go from this lovely head of ginger hair that yeah. you have now, you can also go to blonde and yeah, black and true. bald. You know, yeah. you can, it's <laughs> nice. I think for years... Someone should write, a, should write, a, <laughs> Someone write me a, a film. superhero. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing when I was younger. Everyone used to say, oh my God, oh, that's so sick. You can have so many different looks. Mm. And True. But then if I was wearing different looks, people would know I was wearing a wig. So I remember at the very beginning, I was like, the colour has to be the exact yeah. same. It can't be any longer. It can't be any shorter because then people will know I'm wearing a wig. Yeah. So it's only the past kind of five years that I've, I've felt the freedom to play a mm. bit more with, with the wigs. One of the things that I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about when I was prepping for this yeah. is the whole hair thing. Yeah. I mean, clearly looking at me, this is not a wig. <laughs> I, I joke about, I've got a ridiculous, uh, again, those listening who haven't really seen me uh, just listen to me. I have a, a man bun. <laughs> My very, boyfriend's hair is getting to that length now. Which is really. very 202, <laughs> someone said to me. Um, and I have a man bun. I, my, my line is, the reason I have long hair at yes. 51 is because mm. I can. Right? Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to talk about the male mm. situation. One of my first bosses had alopecia. That's where oh, really? I first came across the term in 1987. Oh, really? um, I'll tell you if you're listening. So, and, and also the male 
boldness thing mm. is something mm. that I see all around me, of course, yes. and friends. Of, there's a wig thing going on there. It's like yeah, it's, that's very true. All lots of men in Hollywood Ted dancing and people like that have been doing it. So yeah, I was the people. There was a, there was a funny story I had for you when I was in France. I had mm. a bold friend, Dennis O'Reilly. Yeah, um, and I had long hair. It was about 2005, and yeah. he said, you know, I bet you if you, you know, if you shaved all your head, hair off, it wouldn't grow back. And I'm like going. What? Fine, I said I don't mind sharing shaving my head off. I said if you give five grand to charity, I'll shave my head this holiday. We were on holiday together in France, and there was a, a match between Ireland and, and the All Blacks on in rugby, and I have no interest in rugby. So mm. seven o'clock in the morning, mm. we went to some weird tour, I think. Okay. And I saw this little barber shop opening early, and I went. I pretended to go to the bathroom, uh-huh. and my partner, girlfriend at the time, and his wife were out wandering around the town. I ran around at the barber and started to take everything off. Oh my god. <laughs> and then I walked back into the bar like five he did it really quickly like five yeah. ten minutes Eno- enough time to for him not to notice I was missing because yeah, he was yeah. so engrossed in the game so I sat I went out with full of head hair sat down with no hair and he went what the fuck I said did he get a five grand to charity he did he did get he did. five grand to charity and oh, my hair grew back him. but I was the conversation we had was and, and I feel maybe I'm this is one of the things I wanted to yeah. tease with you is I didn't care yeah. if I went bald. Yeah. And he went, you do, you would care yeah. if you went bald. And yeah. I probably would. Yes. But I, I, I remember distinctly at the time, uh. kind of, not, I wasn't in any way freaked out. Yeah. And if I did start losing my hair, I mean, you know, uh. men, the comb overs. Yeah, fun. You know, they're, they're kind of cheating. And it's just makes normal, it worse. isn't it? Yeah. It kind of makes it worse. It's yeah, like, the comb over is not a good look ever. I mean, Donald Trump's ridiculous hair. Where, yeah. yeah. Um, what is it about our hair? So this is something that absolutely fascinates me. Like it dates back to the beginning of time, essentially. Mm. So you have hair and the emotional attachment every person has to hair, right? You have people within religions, Jewish, Sikh, Muslim, Mm. covering their hair because it's sacred, that's meant for the man. You have hair in the kind of cosmic sense, that being kind of extra strands to make a person more alive. You have just long hair equaling femininity and mm-hmm. always has done Aphrodite with yeah all the hair it's just it's always been from from the beginning of time hair means feminine that's why it's so defining to women mm-hmm. is that when you don't have it it's harder to find feminine attributes of yourself of course there is like yeah. fe- feminine isn't just all encompassing hair but within our within our world within our life to date hair has just been so massive and you know how people fancy blondes, how people fancy brunettes, and mm. why that is. You have, yeah, they don't include you know, bald. They don't include yeah. bald people. And in yet, that. every other, the marketing business is getting women to shave every other part of their exactly body free from hair. Yeah. and like naturally, women will have hair on their legs, yes, of course, gross underarms, whatever. So, yeah, you know. And it's like, what, what, what's enough hair? And where is enough hair to have it? So mm. you, you can have a, you know, a woman with a, or, or a man with a hairy chest, hairy back, hairy... Hairy chest, hairy, okay. Hairy back, not okay. Yeah, why is that? There's yeah. so much politics we put in it. And then you have things like, something that I really would love to make a documentary on is the hair industry. Mm. So I pay a shit ton for my wigs. The beautiful Indian woman who's cutting her hair for religious purposes, how much she's getting paid for that, mm. how much the wig maker's getting paid for that, compared to what I'm paying for it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. so many strands of hair, shall I say, that yeah. it's just so fascinating. And even from a very young age, nearly me and all my friends going to the hairdressers, getting your hair cut. Yeah, and the anxiety, people's yeah. people's industries are made yeah. up when hair. You have hairstylists, hair colorists, yeah. wig makers, yeah. all this massive the industry. The great one I always find is 
female friends going, mm. I've got my hair cut today. Yeah. And they turn up and I go, uh, I've got so much taken off. And they arrive <laughs> and, and I go, true. thanks for chatting because I would not have noticed. You would, of course, have noticed. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's deeply kind of... Rooted. And I had a, I'm famous for my mullet when I, you know, when I was growing up. And it That's the thing like you're famous for it. You're famous yeah, for your hair. In a bad way, you know, it's like, here comes mother's boy. Or you have, you know, Marla Monroe, for example, we mentioned earlier. She was yeah. no regime with brown hair. Mm. She dyed her hair blonde and called herself Marla Monroe. And she became a yeah. global sensation yeah. because of her hair. Had a massive part to do this. Obviously, mm. she was insanely stunning and had massive yeah. breasts. But also, that was a uh, massive part of it. So it's it's something to really like, pick apart. last night, when I got back to my hotel, there was... Uh, it's a show about Irish uh, music on mm. and uh, on BBC Four, and Sinead O'Connor came on singing oh, yeah. "Nothing Compares to You," and like when you see the emotion in that video, and she's bald. Yeah. And she, I mean, she would probably be the most famous. It, it's kind of a punk look, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is a kind of a fuck you. I don't give a fuck about whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm just owning owning me. Yeah. yeah. And then, as I mentioned earlier, there's this ex machina look. There's a kind of a, a there's a there's a, 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 a yes, yes. futuristic kind yeah. of vibes. Yeah, Gattaca the movie as well, which was oh, actually well, it's, it was a lot of it was based on controlling society through mm. DNA, through mm. hair. So people oh. used to t- steal other people's eye, eyelashes and stuff. Oh, I mean, that's the that's eyelash thing must be a big problem. For that's you. a pain in the arse. Yeah. So I think again, I didn't the, notice that if you don't have eyelashes. But that so I hide it quite well, just yeah. a, like a thick line of eyeliner. Yeah. Um, I think more than anything, so I had alopecia war wigs for three, three, four years and had amazing thick eyelashes and, uh, and eyebrows. So it was when they started falling out that actually that did hinder my modeling career quite a bit yeah. because when they start falling out, they fall out in patches and especially mine was so thick. Trying to fill in the gaps and the density with no density, they, yeah. it looks slightly wonky and yeah. no matter how much you try, Really, what you should do is shave them off. The idea of shaving off your eyebrows is mm, it's just... It's only something just... that happens on stag nights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pissed, yeah. So the idea of that is just, I couldn't be dealing with that. So that did hinder my modeling career for um, mm. a year or so. And my eyelashes as well. So now I draw them on. Fine, I've gotten so used to it, it takes me two seconds. Yeah. And eyelashes, I don't wear them every day. When I'm going out, I, I'll put on a nice pair of eyelashes. But every right. day I put a bit of eyeliner on. And, and sometimes when you wear eyeliner, I actually quite like it. The look of... An eye without um, eyelashes, but it yeah. looks quite um, different and nice. But yeah, that's an absolute faff. And that is that was definitely the hardest part of the journey. How is this? Is it bigger than we think? For alopecia, yeah. it's massive. Um, but and it's only no, becoming well, more and more. You're basically saying now, focusing your life mm. on driving this resource because there's mm. nothing out there. No, and there's no cure out there. So mm. that you have to bear in mind that there is there is no. So cure. it's an autoimmune thing, isn't it? Where it's a, yeah, so your, my your body starts attacking the follicles. Exactly. Your, yeah. So something's off balance. Something's off kilter. I don't know what that is. I'm still trying to figure that out. But there's no amount of steroid cream or clinical trial. Like there's a clinical trial going on. It's very successful. It's eighty percent successful. Where they're giving, I think it was in Harvard. I think I'm not exactly sure, but they're basically giving um, what they give to people with bone marrow cancer that medicine to people with alopecia there's 80% success rate but there's no evidence of what effects that's going to have on your body 10 years down the line so nothing's really kind of I just wouldn't trust it and pumping me full of steroids mm. I couldn't think of anything worse so mm. I think until until we figure out why our bodies are not aligned right and our body in some way there's some kind of trauma in there that's just not really handling itself very well and it kind of presents itself yeah. it's my hair falling out is it more um, male than female? I think it's more female it's more, more female. More alopecia is more female, yeah. 
and it's only the, the, the stats are becoming higher and higher so, so the, males are just losing their hair because they're getting old yeah they? that's male pattern baldness and mm-hmm. then there's trichlomania which mm-hmm. is another thing that's when people pull out their hair you know we ever see people pulling out their hair and, they, and yeah. then some women actually and men pull out their entire Head of, of hair, yeah. yeah. Occasionally, That's it has happened to me in the shower. I mean, I think I just call mm. it molting, but like, <laughs> but sometimes something disturbingly where I go, there was a lot of hair that came out. Yeah, there. it's very daunting. I uh, never really had that, which was weird. I don't yeah. remember ever having clumps of hair coming out. Mm. I don't know. I think it's when I was brushing it, perhaps. Yeah. But that's a very scary thing. Or there had women contacted me who are going through chemo, course, um, yeah. and they are asking for advice. We're just wanting to chat about the fact that. No matter how or why you're losing your hair, it's still mm. the process of losing it. It's scary for both both yeah. parties, but just different. And you know that's terrifying as well. And how to how to manage that and what weeks to get because that's very short term and mm. preparing them that you know the hair might grow back differently. So if you lose your hair from chemo, a lot of the time it grows back completely different. You could have long, luscious, long hair grow mm. back, back black and fuzzy. So hair is a weird thing. It's such a bizarre. We take it it for granted. So tell me how you got to to setting up this resource. It was the past two years, I think I've become the most me I ever have and the most kind of emotionally aware and really kind of just feeling comfortable and settled, I think, within my relationship and within my friendships and work. I kind of just felt at ease and I was like I don't I think I've always wanted to do something along the lines of this especially with modeling and acting as well it's still a very unstable life so I kind of really wanted something I had control over as well mm. and I've always felt there has there there should be something out there for people with alopecia that isn't medical or that isn't just a blogger on YouTube there was no kind of happy medium so yeah. it was really a case of having the time to do it and right. um, having people around me that be able to help because mm. I as we said before I'm really bad at technology so having someone to help me with mm-hmm. my Squarespace account to just set up this <laughs> with this this community was really helpful yeah. so everything just kind of came together I kind of made the made the website over three to four months um, started up an Instagram then got a bit of traction from that and, so it's um, Instagram driven right um, it's Instagram and there's a website as well there's a website okay. um, Instagram's kind of a little bit more accessible obviously for the younger generation as yeah. well it's easier yeah. to go on but all the the longer tutorials are on the on the website right. um, but I have people contacting me on, on both yeah just place just to share a story and it's becoming it was lovely now that the website's not only driven by me but the people who are writing in and their yeah. stories because that's what it's about really and is there, a, is there a commercial side to it where you can start maybe building products or getting products that yeah it's something that yeah. I'd love to um, and yeah. like either that being collaborations with eyelash companies mm. or eyebrows mm. and wigs perhaps but down the line I would there's a few gaps in the market for people with hair loss like a glue that stays on uh, eyelashes that stay on for a week instead of daily right. that doesn't right. mess up your eyes I mean it's like I suppose mm. like anything you know mm. if, you, if you suddenly started losing a finger you know or a tongue Panic. You know? yeah but then um, you think about all the reasons why you yeah. want to have it yeah. yes do you know yeah. what I mean yeah. it's only when some, like I, I get sometimes I get gout and sometimes I get it in my knee oh really and like I can't walk yeah it's like fucking yeah. you know and you, like, so from this little thing I can't yeah. walk yes yeah, yeah. You just got Jesus. Jesus. Like, how delicate we are. How delicate we are you know? and, and how much we can be, and think with hair, how much it can define us and really trying to find mm. other meaning in your life that defines us not just our hair. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So it really kind of forces you to kind of, like I'm sure when you get your gout, it makes you really appreciate your right. body. I just need it to be renamed. 
Gaussia. I feel a bit like Henry VIII. I quite like that though, no? No, I, bit, I think it is. I think it's I've been eating too much <laughs> red wine. Ham and red wine and mead. You know, down at the yeah, local hostelry. I do love mead. I've tried, I've tried it last year. It was very nice, <laughs> very sweet. And what about the world itself? Like, do you feel you were saying you want, mm. you might want to have kids or whatever in yeah. the future? Like, are you pessimistic or optimistic? Or how do you see? The have world? you seen the film Captain Fantastic? No. Okay, it's basically like a couple of heard of it. Okay, they basically raise their kids in the jungle. I think that's where I'm at. I think really? I'm just funny. Well, I'm just really terrified. So you the... are going back to Ireland? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, a nice hot jungle somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that does really terrify me. I was out with my girlfriends. We hadn't been out in a night out in town so in ages. We went, ended up going to a club that was um, actually full of teenagers, which was yeah. I felt old for the, one of the first times in my life, and the young girls and the guys. Them with their phone and their relationship with their phone was utterly terrifying. Yeah. It wasn't out of their hand. In one second, the constant, constant Instagram yeah, posting yeah, video. Yeah. And I'm not living in the moment. And that's one element of the world that in my day-to-day hits me a lot, yeah. um, especially in the work that I do. And seeing younger girls, and I'd be on job to it, for example, and just having younger people in my life, it, uh, that really does scare me. So I think there's definitely a part of me that would love to kind of run away and not uh, bring my kids up in that world because I hope it gets better but for some reason I have this pretty horrible feeling that that will only get worse and I I also feel like to your phone comment that Mm. it's such a massive change in such Mm. a short time that there's probably going to be some evolutionary consequences Mm. i.e. eyesight consequences 100% uh, you know eye shape hand shape absolutely our bodies are being pushed into this area that's yeah. completely different yeah. you know like if you think completely about the amount of, to us. if you think about the amount of focus we have from you know one foot from our eyes to our phone yeah. whereas TV, before phones screen. we would have a huge range of different focal points all through a day and communication with humans and communication with humans and you know the, 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 the beautiful savage sword of mm. loneliness versus one of the greatest ways of mm. keeping in touch you mm. know what I mean so yeah. like there are lots of people who are depressed yeah. happy yeah. bullied who can go as you said even mm. back when you had your 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 first uh, your first back in school. Would you call it a disease or what condition condition yeah yeah um you know you would have loved to yeah. have been able to have the internet and to be able yeah. to go and spend hours talking so the thing to people. is there it's, it's, good, like, and it's good and bad yeah. and I say with Instagram as much as we can talk about it in a negative tone it has helped hair free and people will get solace from hair free and it's I think it's how you use it and if you don't abuse it and if you put up a true representation of yourself for yeah. the most part but then I don't know do you think it will like crash at some point that it will just stop or do you think it's just going to keep I, on going you know, I, I don't this know conversation with most guests because it's mm. interesting to get get the pulse on I think I'm starting to feel the generation who are 11 12 that Mm. Swedish girl is up for a Nobel Prize who just stood up in front of I think that I can really feel like a generation coming that are kind Mm. that are open to people's sexuality open to to people who may have alopecia not teasing trying to fix things understanding that we've broken the planet and we all have to get together as a gang that's my hope and I kind of see a bit of that I didn't see it from your generation I didn't see it from but it's starting to it certainly wasn't in mine mine was bullying and being mean to people and also grabbing yes you know taking and and, and stamping on people to get ahead yes correct that's changing and that's the only hope we have because you know Donald Trump's not going to fix this no absolutely not I think I think my my boy was the other day that perhaps people look at us as the kind of conscious era 
becoming more conscious Maybe. of what we're doing in terms of you know like looking at climate change and trying to trying to make a difference perhaps people let's hope and i think religion needs to be obliterated who uh, religion religion because i think religion is here's why I, mm. this is not i'm cool with people practicing their religion but religion is a dogma that almost forgives mm. fucking up the planet mm. it says god is looking after us all mm. and he's not mm. you know what i mean it's, it's just not happening it's not true there's no yeah. you know and so when kids are inculcated from oh. six and five and two mm. into this just it's just as preposterous as a fairy story of Santa Claus. Mm. But I can know why it's done. It's done mm. to control society and it's an easier. Were you grown up as a Catholic? Yeah, yeah, very strong. Yeah. Very yeah. But I mean my generation was probably the first to start questioning that play. I mean, mm. most of my friends think I'm crackers for even being an atheist, but yeah. show I mean if there was a sign, if there was any evidence, mm. there's been no evidence. It's it's Stone Age thinking. Yeah. It's from the Stone Age, you yeah. Know? yeah. I feel like true faith is extremely important, mm. like believing in something. Believing in kindness, being yeah. good to people, that's the golden rule yeah. which is in most religions, but it wasn't yeah. created by religion. Yeah, correct. What yeah. do you say, final question, to mm. a, a young, maybe 15-year-old girl out there today or this week who's just discovered that she has alopecia? Apart <sighs> from going on your Instagram. <laughs> Go on my Instagram. Um, I would just say that, that it's okay to be obsessed because it is a shock and that's talk to people about it, talk to people who have it, and that try and find, really try and find something outside of how you look that really makes you feel, that really makes you feel happy and really makes fills you with life. I really yeah. think that, that truly saved me going through it. So that would be the advice this I would give to people. My acting, just yeah. something, just to really get your teeth stuck yeah. into. And at the end of the day, beauty, genuinely, as much as it's lovely to be beautiful, doesn't really matter it's just what's inside genuinely it's what the beauty of a person is really what will carry you through and make you have a happy life and keep the people that are gorgeous and beautiful around you and mm. have a happy true fulfilled life That's i think interestingly about. just the question we previously touched on yeah is the idea that we have to dissemble and wear facades and pretend mm. and hide things mm. is something that's changing in society where yeah. we would be afraid of what people might think of us. Yes. And actually, the way around that is to be yourself. Yeah, and to be and, open. And if, and actually, weirdly, when it's out in the open, people don't really. People don't they care. That's cool. Yeah, know? exactly. It's it's the hiding um, and, and yeah. the anxiety within that. Yeah. And most people, I hope, I think most people are kind, and most I people believe that. Most people want to help. Yeah, and I just feel like being kind. As much as you can to everyone you meet in the street because you don't really know what anyone's going through and if you give them an act of kindness you've no idea what that means to them do you know what I mean mm. they're hiding something if they're not or might give them a, the courage to I don't know, do that thing in their day to make them feel more comfortable great talking to you the talking uh, website you. is hairfreelife.com yes. is it it's actually weirdly it's www.hairfree.life okay it's dot life oh, dot yeah, life. yeah. yeah. <laughs> first dot life <laughs> there's a link to it on the end of the podcast i'm wishing thank you for very much for being here. thank, thank you. you good luck with it and you have our company i will thank you very much sure.